Welcome to the Social Fishing Podcast. My name is Reese Creed. I'm a passionate angler and I want to share as much as I can about the sport we all love. On this podcast, we speak to incredible anglers, sharing a wealth of priceless knowledge, all to help you reach your fishing dreams. Thanks for joining us today. Now let's begin. Welcome, guys, to episode 24 of the Social Fishing Podcast. Now, this episode, we're going to be talking about fishing standing trees for golden perch and cod. So, Talos and I are going to sit down and deconstruct the whole approach to fishing standing timber. Now, it's a a type of timber that kind of gets a little bit left behind. We all talk about those big fallen logs, laydowns, rocky banks, and things like that. And standing trees have a critical place in our key structures to fish for natives and how we fish them it's a little bit unknown there's different techniques to fishing them and there's some really successful ways to fish them as well and that's what we're going to touch on in this episode it's more of a particular topic we're touching on i'm going to go right in depth on fishing standing trees now this is the first episode with talus for the year and it's a great way to start the year with talus now Standing trees, we're going to go right into tap. So what we're going to talk about um, is initially this whole topic come from a few recent trips that Talos has done. So Talos has been on the water over the summer chasing golden perch on the standing trees. So we start with a few of his recent trips, what he's been doing and the success he has been getting from this technique. And then we talk about how to find the best trees, the best depth to fish in, the best techniques to use and approach and the retrieve you use and the best time of year to do this style of fishing. And then we talk about a little bit, we touch on a little bit of bait fishing techniques as well on the standing trees. Most of the topic though is about lure fishing. And then we get on to talking about Murray cod and standing trees because standing trees are not associated as much as good cod structure, but in some situations they fish really well and in certain periods and different times. And that's what we get right in depth with. So we talk about fishing standing trees for Murray cod, especially in shallow areas. So in big impoundments, when you find those shallow flats and shallow creeks, beds when you've got standing trees. We talk about some experiences we've had fishing standing trees in shallow areas. Then we talk about fishing deeper areas as well with your standing timber and also your shallower lakes. Things like Lake Mawala with your big standing stumps. Now, there's other one thing I talk about uh, in this episode, which is an important tip for retrieving your snag lures. Absolutely critical, and you will want to learn that. Um, so, if you're new to the lure fishing game, then this is an episode for you. If you've fished for quite a while, you've done quite a bit on standing trees with vertically fishing for golden perch, you're going to know, probably know even more than what we talk about in this episode. But if you're new to the lure fishing game, this is the perfect episode for you. It's a great style of fishing, really easy to get into and works really well, especially on golden perch. Now, before we jump into this episode, I just want to remind you all, if this is your first time to the podcast, jump on the Social Fishing website and check out the free freshwater mini series. If you're new to lure fishing, jump on, sign up, it's totally free and check out those series. So there's a few different parts in that series and it's got so much content. So if you want to learn more, if you want to become a better angler, you want to learn content, tips, techniques, check out the free freshwater mini series. It's a great introduction into lure fishing and obviously if you are keen to learn more, I highly recommend the complete guide lure fishing series. That's a tutorial series that we put together that helps you catch more fish. There's over 26 hours of content in that. So if you want to learn, I pretty well promise you this is the best place to start. I created this series. The idea was way back when I was younger, couldn't find any information, figured it all out 
decided to put it in a series to teach you guys how to do it. It will just give you the best shortcuts uh, that you will find. It will skip help you skip many years of trial and error. So go check out the complete guide lure fishing series on the social fishing website if you want to learn more. Another thing if you didn't know also is our website has heaps of articles. We've got so many different articles and topics on our website that you can browse through and read, different stories from trips. There's a whole lot you can go through there. Your different weather patterns, barometer. There's an article on barometer and how to read the barometer properly and the best barometer for different situations. There's so much content on the social fishing website. So go check that out. Now, if you're listening to this podcast anywhere, uh, this episode, take a screenshot on your podcast app and tag us in your story. Post it on your Instagram story, your Facebook story. Give us a tag. Tag us uh, from where you're listening. Are you listening to this at work, on the road? Let us know. And help us share it with the world so we can reach more people. Also, make sure you submit your listener questions. Once again, guys, I appreciate you tuning into another episode. We're 24 episodes in and they're going to get better and better. So, without further ado, I'm going to jump into this episode all about standing timber and we're going to have a chat with Talos Cottrell. G'day everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Social Fishing Podcast. Tal, it's our first one together for 2020. It is, yeah. Uh, in the new year now and um, yeah, I'm excited to be back. It's going to be a good year, eh? It is going to be a good year. Um, I think, yeah, we've learned a lot last year and coming into this year, I'm excited. It's always good going into a new year, you, yeah. can, you know, setting new goals. And, um, in yeah. not only the fishing side of things, but also what we're doing with social fishing. That's right, well. yeah. I think it's going to be a massive year for social fishing, probably our biggest yet um, and yeah, there's a lot of good new things coming yeah we've got one thing in particular which if you had to listen to the last couple of podcasts um i've mentioned it with chris and i've mentioned mm. it now again with you yep. we've been working on it and we'll keep mentioning it until we release it and that should hopefully march april we should be able to release yep. it and yep. it's, it's going to be big no it is going to be big um, people are going to love it that's for yeah. sure it's and exciting. it's about content it's about helping you guys catch more fish mm-hmm. that's it so what have you been up to lately uh not too much obviously i uh, had a bit of time off work um and that yeah two weeks holidays, which yep. is always good. Um, you know, this time of year, sort of about spending with your mates and your family. And you do um, heaps of that? Yeah, heaps, heaps of that. Um, there's no doubt I was flat out for the last two weeks, but um, yeah, got to fit in a few fishing trips um, over the two weeks and yeah, keen to talk about them today. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about something sort of more in depth mm-hmm. um, about standing timber in particular. We are, In yep. lakes and dams. Yep, so over the holidays I fished Barranjuk, uh, one of our local lakes, probably most people would know it, fish it three times. Um, sort of using the same technique all three times. It's a good way if you're getting into fishing, it's a good way. I've got mates that aren't, you know, you know great at fishing, yep. but they still caught caught fish and had a great time. Um, and, you know, we didn't take it too serious. We, you know, went out for a few hours, did this technique, and then, um, yeah, it's just a good getting into fishing technique and it's really easy to do. Yeah, and you actually learnt quite a bit too, eh? Yeah, I've done it I've done it before. I've done it, you know, since I was a young fella with bait and then it moved into um done it a few times in comps, the AYC comps and uh yeah, now doing it three times in two weeks, sort of learn a bit more and yeah, I'm keen to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we'll touch on, we'll go right in depth on that whole topic of timber and why fish sit on timber but mm-hmm. more specifically standing timber because yep. it's a big difference between standing stuff and there stuff is. that's and falling down. all the lakes and in, well not really the rivers but the lakes in New South Wales a lot of them like 80% of them would have standing timber at some at some stage in the area yep. so it's sort of a yeah it's a something that we target a lot 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. So before we jump into that, um, what are you seeing around fishing wise around, um, it's summer, so it's hot, mm. the bushfires have just sort of passed yeah. through, they're still burning, which makes fishing difficult, like, because I didn't even want to really talk about, like, it, it's yeah, hard that's to right. when I, you got I, I know what you mean, yeah, I, I did hear even blaring, I think, was um, full of ash and stuff like that, yeah, I right. heard, so, um, yeah, it's never good, and, you know, it's you don't really, yeah, you want to be talking about fishing when bigger and better things are, you know, not well, better, but worse things are happening. Yeah, more and, things are, yeah. yeah. that's right. You're sort of, you know, worrying about your family and friends, especially around our area, because we've been close to the affected, and I'm sure a lot of people that we know have been affected by it, so. Yeah. Um, sort of, you just want to be looking after your, your mates yeah. at, at this time. Fishing's kind of like a second thought. That's right, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, well, that's, another thing is, to a lot of the waterways we fish, blaring and all through, mm. you know, all the trout streams and all the way to the, like, the Murray River and that. Yeah, that's all, right. Like, you can't get in. Like, no, that's right, yeah. Like, you wouldn't even want to go there. Well, if you look at the map and see Tower Bingo, it's been burnt all around. Um, the top end of Blaring's been burnt all around. I, I can only imagine how many uh, rivers it's crossed over and I can't, I can't see it being healthy for the rivers up in the Snowy Mountains. So. No, not the trout. No, definitely. not at all. Definitely so. not. So, and the whole Cosiness, Cosiness That's National right. Yeah, Park. The, even the wildlife in there, it's just, it's just, yeah, it hasn't been a good time. It's so rough. hopefully um, we get a bit of this rain that they're expecting this mm. weekend. Yep, yep. So by the time you guys hear this podcast, uh, the rain will have already been through and hopefully it just keeps pumping through yeah that's right falling because uh i checked today uh barandong is 1.6 percent wow 1.6 <laughs> yeah. percent that just goes to show how much we, we need, just need rain yep. no, that's right and they're letting out like 300 megalitres a day and that i've calculated will last them another 100 days at a 300 meg and you know wow. how much 300 yeah. meg is coming out of a dam yeah. like it's nothing yeah that's right that's what they're letting yeah, out wow. of barandong and in a hundred days, it'll be empty. So I think I worked out there's fifty four thousand megalitres left in it. Yeah, fifty four thousand megalitres. Yeah, and you know the chimet's pumping out seven thousand. Yep, six thousand mm. megalitres. That's mm. like seven mm. days of mm. that much water, and it's empty. It, wow, it's like, not much water, is it? That's, no. that's that's actually interesting to know. But they aren't snow good. Split rocks 0.8 and wow. I think, and Pindari or one either or that one's point eight, one's point five. It's no good. Well, I know, I don't know if you've seen, but how much is coming out of Barandjuk at the moment? It's 300 as well. It's it's good because it's stable at, at about 30% or whatever it is, but there's only 300 megalitres coming out of Barandjuk. Yeah, so, yeah. which is good, but um, yeah. not so much of the fish because we know. Not it, the river. Yeah, no, because what, what um, river comes out of uh, Barandong? Barandong, yeah. yeah, it's Macquarie. Yeah, right. I want so, so it's probably struggling too with the 300 megalitres coming out. It'd be all you know, hot water, and it's the same here with our, with our Bidgee. Well, there's no flow. Like, no, it's, it's worse it. than the yep. Bidgee. Like, yeah. there's no pool. The pools are dried mm. up. They're mm. drying up. They've been yep. drying up for no. months. So it's just all a big cycle where it just starts off with no rain and then it just keeps going and it's not it just good. keeps getting worse. Well, Barranjuk's into the 20s or low oh, yeah. 30. I think it's 30. Blaring's 37 or 38. Yeah. Right? yeah. And they've been pumping mm. water out of Blaring uh, to counteract Barranjuk all summer. Yep. Um, and the Bidgee's like the only river that has flow in it. Mm. I looked across the whole yep. state and it's just scary. But yep. a little stat I want to share with you guys because I, I read it today is back in 2003, March of 2003, Blaring got to... I checked it on the on the statistics, mm. and I always thought it got to like a percent or half mm -hmm. a percent. But I actually Played looked two. at it on yeah. the map. I actually looked at it on their graph, and yeah. if their graph is true, which it is most of the time, yeah. like I follow it all the time, yeah. it got to point one of a percent. Right. Zero. Did it point in two thousand three? One of a percent. Right. Yeah. Wow. So it was one tenth of one percent, and it had twenty six thousand megalitres left in the main basin. 
26,000 megs left in it. <laughs> so when Barrandong gets to 0.8, it'll be the same as what blaring was there you go. back in yeah, 2003. Right. That's not much water in blaring, is it? No. Nah. Yeah. Not at all. It'd be interesting to say, imagine saying that now. Yeah, and then it, you know, it gets rain and it fills back up, but it, yeah, it's I pretty suppose. scary. And I, I don't know if they were predicting rain, so they let it get, you know, mm, I don't know I if they needed the water downstream yeah. or, yeah. but that's, yeah, that was 2003, and I remember yeah. walking across the bar, the bottom of it. I yeah. don't really remember it, because okay. I got fish back, and I was only uh, young, I was okay. like eight or nine, okay. so I didn't actually know blaring. Yeah, yeah. But I remember walking, and it was just like, you know, when you get the cracked mud, mm. that was mm. it, That's, just as far as you could see. Yeah, there you go. Well, it goes to show that at least there's some hope. It's happened before, so. Well, you know, yeah. and we're not at that stage yet, really. We are in some dams. Well, obviously Northern Basin yes, is stuffed. Yeah. Well, mm. the fish in the rivers are mm. That's struggling. Yeah, I'm so, sure they would be. I guess we've just got to look after the water that we do have and the fish that we do have left. Like, yep. do all that we can as anglers yeah, to look right. after them. Yep. Oh, that's exactly so that right. you know, proper hand comes down to like proper handling mm. and, and using the right mm -hmm. hooks when you're bait fishing. Mm -hmm. So you, some fish survive. Yep. Obviously, it's you, people can catch them and keep them, but you know it's there to be done. But yep. the more of us that look after them, yep. yeah, yeah, the better off right. the better off it's going to be. No, for sure. Right, so let's uh, jump so in. Have a few stories. Eh? I'll tell you a few stories about yeah uh, how we went at Barrenjuck. So I went up there three times. Uh, you probably don't. Most people probably don't know, but Woolgarlo is up the top end yep. of Barrenjuck, so you pretty much, it's the two main spots, the main basin where the main uh, state park is, and then up the top end is Woolgarlo, which is also a popular... It's on the um, Yass Arm. It, it is, yeah, on the Yass Arm. And then you just sort of go down, then you meet the junction where the comes from Good Hope, the Bidgee comes in. Um, but fish at Woolgarlo twice, and the main basin once, uh, you know, caught probably you know, between maybe 25, 30 fish over the three trips yeah, um, with, you know, different mates every time and, you know, some, uh, one trip there was a crew of us and we, yeah, we all got into a few fish. Um, but the main basin, uh, we caught five, I think, but it was only a shorter trip and yeah. uh, in the main basin, there's, it's pretty amazing actually, the trees that are there are in 25 metres of water. So there's trees sticking up in the middle of the lake and they're 25 metres deep. And yeah. there's like oh, 20, 30 of them in this one area, yeah. probably the only area in the whole dam that they're, they're that deep. Yeah. And um, at this percentage they show. And um, oh, we, we caught all that fish there and we got busted off three times on that trip um, from these trees. So uh, what we'll use in there is just the black grubs. It's a technique that, it's the lure and the technique that I've used for all three trips. Um, and using a heavier jig head, quarter ounce um, jig head because the trees were in 25 metres of water. And yeah, they seem to be really good. I, I, that's what I found over the three trips that the deep, if you could find deep trees, that, that, they were better because um, just yeah, the more time you wind them up and the fish can sit at whatever depth they like. And um, you'd always find that hit in the top half of the water column. But um, So would you yeah. let the lure sink to the very bottom? Yeah, always, yeah, always to the bottom, yeah. And then, yeah, wind that up. And you know, so you don't have to do two, two, two or three drops on each tree. So even in 25 metres? Yeah, nah, and the fish you would... drop it to the bottom? To the bottom, yeah. So and it, it didn't, didn't take too long, but you yeah. know, I do two or three drops of tree. And usually you, would, you wouldn't get hit at the very start of the wind? Oh, a couple of times, but no, nah, yeah. usually. It, that's the, when we got snapped off, it was usually at the start, because it's just, it, it's hard to get them out. Like, we're using 10 pound leader, but um, it, it was pretty tough to get them out of the trees when you, when you hook them deep, but yeah. usually if you get them halfway up, you're pretty safe. But um, it's, it's surprising how... How hard they hit, like the fish we caught weren't huge, the biggest was 55, but um, they hit hard and go hard because you're always constantly winding up. So every hit's just bang, straight down, they just run 
And if, yeah. if, they're, if they're sitting on a tree or an arm, it's not hard for them to just go bang straight down, wrap it there themselves and you're busted. So. It's 20 metres, it's a fair, like when you're yeah. straight against the timber. Yeah, that's it. So the whole way up, it yeah. can just chuck a left and you're stuffed. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we sort of found over the over the three trips, uh, we found, we caught them in, uh, I think the shallowest would have been seven or eight metres. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, 25 was probably the The tree deepest. depth, so the depth. The tree depth. So yes. the, the depth. The water depth. The so, yes, yeah. but the trees sometimes would be right on the water or big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, another thing we found, it's not always the big trees that stand out are the ones that you want to hit. It's sort of more, yeah, well, every, you know, you catch them on them too, but if you can find one that's, you know, just poked its head out of the water or um, sort of that medium size that's, you know, just poking out that maybe people wouldn't have hit before, um, that we found them to be good too. Do you find them just as good or better? And do you think it's because the fish actually congregate on them or do you think it's because they don't get fished as much? I think the little trees can be just as good because um, sometimes they'll be just showing, but what what's underneath, and that's where the sound come into play too, um, uh, you know, they might be just showing on top of the water, but underneath they're actually big. Right, and so, so a lot of people haven't hit them, but if you can find a tree that's, you know, got, got a good shape about it, um, that people haven't hit, it's probably going to be yeah, holding fish. So you're saying the tree's still the same size. That's right. But, but it's just visibly yes, above the water, exactly. it looks like it's yeah. nothing. And yeah. then in your mind, as mm. a person, like mm. as our brain works, you're like, yeah, that's too small. Yeah. Let's go to this big one. Exactly but right. But like, yep. a lot of the times, those big ones, the limbs could all be out of the water. Yep. It's just a trunk. Yep. You're that's, actually that's, not fishing good stuff. You're exactly right. Because sometimes we go to the big ones, and, you, and it was hard to tell where to put your lure because it's sort of, it's all over the shop and you yeah. don't know where what's happening but if you've got that little one you can sort of yeah work it out and yeah sometimes it wasn't the big ones that were we caught the fish it was more like the medium sized ones that were skinny that had a few you know twigs at the side and you know a couple of fish were always holding there okay so run me through the process you mm-hmm. put the boat on the water you head yep. out yep you just had no idea where you were going you were just going across mm-hmm. the lake yeah nah d- didn't and have any spots in mind or anything just sort of look for and yeah. you found trees out just in the open Pretty much, you'd sort of find patches um, like along the river channel. Yep. That um, now, I sort of yeah. look for at Woolgala and like I said, up the main base, I just fished them 25 metre trees and caught five, snapped off by three. But at Woolgala, you'd sort of you'd find they were along the edge of the channel, and there was a couple of channels where it was like you'd find a row of trees and they're all in like 13, 15 metres. And yeah, we found a couple channel like ed- edges that that we caught all our fish on them. So at Woolgala, oh, I don't know what, uh, the lake would be lower than when I was there not long ago. So at Woolgala, when you put in, it's mm-hmm. just a river at the minute. Like it's pretty low. It is quite low, yeah. yeah it's like, still easy enough to get around. You, like it's, yeah. Yeah, but you just drop the boat in off the edge of the bank and it's basically yep. up the Yass is just a river. It is, yep. And then yep, you is. go down, you got to go down and around mm-hmm. and snake. Because mm-hmm. there's yep, these right. islands showing yep, in the middle. They You've are. Actually got yep. to, are they islands or are they, they joined No, they're islands, yep. Yeah, so you got to snake around them. So did mm-hmm. you go past that and down towards the yeah Fiji? yeah sort of you know boated a fair bit because that's only six stay, seven meters through there yeah so I went to where it got a bit deeper and the, they started to get a few rock walls and stuff yeah and yeah just use that technique and um, then when and you it, head it, it out good. Mm-hmm. you find all right so you try to find like good clusters of trees so mm-hmm. if there's one on its own just out in the middle did you even go look at single ones no on their single own? ones are ju- just as good yep. I think yeah you can um you can find it was just more the edge the good depth it was more yep. the depth was good not the you know the tree it was sort of right. we found an edge that you know every every second tree had a fish sort of thing and uh yeah the, the, but the ones on their own also can also, also hold, hold fish because yeah, they're isolated yeah so the fish are, mm-hmm. the fish in that area have only mm-hmm. got really one spot mm-hmm. to go yep so then you head out mm-hmm. you find a tree 
Mm-hmm. What's the process? Run it through. Like in it's, your head. It's is... pretty simple. So you can either, uh, if you don't have an electric motor, that's another good thing about this. If you don't have an electric, uh, you can just tie. You, know, you can tie up to the tree and you sit there and just move from tree to tree and tie it, tie up so you don't need an electric. Um, we, when it was windy, we would tie. When it wasn't windy, we'd just use the electric. I'd go to the tree, spot lock, bang, two or three drops, move on with the electric, just keep working the edge. Right. Mm. So back to that, two or three drops. So yep. run me through drop. it. You pull up to a tree. Yeah. You, you drop it down? Yep, uh, it's, it's as simple as it sounds really. You, you, but the, the key is just trying to be as close as you can to the tree, you drop it right down where you think the best structure on the tree would be, as clo- close to the timber as you can. Like five, 10 centimeters off yeah, the tree? Yeah, it doesn't matter how close, like the fish as are gonna be sitting as, as close as you can get it, yep. And then obviously your next drop would be the other side of the tree or a different limb or... And then you do how many on one tree? Uh, yeah, two or three, I think the quicker the on better. On one tree? On one tree, yep. And then each, that's each, so sometimes there are three of us in the boat. So there's eight to eight, ten cars, yeah. like, retrieves. Yeah, yep. and if you which, is plenty, which is plenty. You don't get a hit, next tree. Next tree, yep. What happens if you do get a fish? Keep uh, going? Well, that's funny you say that. We didn't get, uh, sorry, we got one tree, we got three hits, no fish. We didn't catch, we didn't uh, get two on one tree right. at all, the whole trip, which is surprising because when I was younger and when I'd done it before, you would get uh, multiple on a tree, but was, I don't know if it's just a time of year or... Um, if you release the fish and then it goes back and spooks them, that's a Yeah, that is a theory. It is, yeah. Them. I have, have, heard, have heard that, I and know. I think it is probably half true. A lot of comp anglers put them in their live wells, they catch do. three or mm. four from that spot, mm-hmm. then release them somewhere else yeah, and that's come true. back. Yep. Whether they're, they're obviously, for them to go to that much effort to do that, there's obviously some credit to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. You wouldn't know because no. we don't know how fish behave. Like, no, you don't know how they the senses that they emit when they go back to their school. Uh, that's right. Yeah, but that is a possibility. It, yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, but um, yeah, I found that we, we didn't get yeah two on a tree at all. Couple, of, we got a couple of hits, I think. But yeah, it was a bit surprising. So by the end of it, did you catch one on the tree and still drop on that tree and do two or three more? And you're like, yep, next tree. Yep, pretty much. That's what I got. That's what I got too. We didn't, we didn't, yeah, fish that tree anymore. Than, yeah, what we would have. Yeah, because we got a fish, and then you move to the next tree, and the next tree, and the next tree, and then what happens if you're having a run? Like, is there a point where you go on 10, 12 trees? Oh, what's going on? Like, yeah, uh, no, it sort of didn't get like that. We sort of would. We're getting bites regularly, especially when we um we all all three of us got at the front and fished hard. Um, yeah, we're getting bites regularly, so it was sort of we didn't get to that point it's of good, ten. Yeah, it's a good active style. It, it is fun, yeah, especially like because my mates. You know, I haven't done much casting enough, and so they, you know, they're not really in for that. But it's so simple. You drop it down, and um, you know, they caught just as many fish as me. And yeah, it's um, it can be fun. They hit hard, and then we, like I said, we got hits, bust offs. Heat, yeah, it was activity flat out. And, and another good thing, it doesn't matter the time of day. We caught them in the middle of the day. Yeah, probably, right. probably more than we did in the afternoons. Yeah, because mm. the thing with casting is you have to understand how to work a lure hay. Yes, you, you have do. to understand yeah. how to, your sink yeah. rates, your retrieve yep. rates. If you feel a snag, yes. there's so much yeah. that goes yeah. into casting. There is. Whereas yeah. that, it's just no. dropping water. Yeah, that's it. That's, that's it. It's not hard at all. So it's good. Um, like we used to do it all the time when I was kids with dad and, and mum. Because I'd say, you know, it's probably how I caught my first yellow belly. I can't really remember, but yeah, um, it's just yeah a good way to get your friends or family into fishing because it's pretty easy. And most, I reckon 95% of impoundments would have good standing trees through them. Like Definitely, yep. We'll name a few, like Barrenjuk, Barrendong. Yeah, um, Copeton's got them. Wyangler, yep. it's got it, yeah, Copeton. Yeah, so they've it's, all it's a technique you can use. Hume, Eel, yep. they've all got standing trees. Yep. Yep. One that it's, doesn't is blaring. Yeah, that's it, yeah. 
Well, you, then you got Mar Whaler and Nagami and that, but they're different style. Yeah, it's you wouldn't use it because nah. it's just yeah. We'll nah. talk about that later. Yeah, we'll totally do. different technique. It is, yeah. Vision sure. those time to standing trees. Yeah, no, nah, that's right. So, do you did you use your sounder much um, to find the fish? Because I know a lot of people who like do passes hmm. past trees. I've even done it <laughs> with the side <laughs> imaging, <laughs> and you can see when you can't, and you go right. That's the tree we want to fish. Yep. Did you do that, or you just um, didn't even end up bothering yeah, doing yeah. that? Didn't bother too much. A few times I would see a tree that was isolated or like look small and I'd just go past it and I'd just, I'd look on the side scan. Like they were showing up well and I'd just say, oh nah, that doesn't look, doesn't look appealing. Were you like looking I did at the limbs on it and everything? The limbs, yeah. It wasn't sort of more the fish. I was just looking to see if it was a good tree, but sort of just didn't bother, you know. Yeah. It'd be good to, good to be able to know how to work it like that, but yeah, because I know the Garmin um, live scope, that people are doing that in the comps and apparently it's working well, but. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, so well, I, like I didn't. Trend, I didn't trend. use it too much. Nah, we, yeah. we weren't too fast. Yeah, but it was good. Was good to sh like see um, when you when you're on a tree, you can see it below you. And a couple of times we've seen a few fish in, in between limbs and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it, I definitely still use it. It's good for depth, obviously too. Yeah, yeah, mm. for sure. Did you find that they were feeding in certain areas? So like you'd find a bunch of like thirty or twenty trees here. Mm. Like say you caught a few here, then you went across and you fished a section here, and then there were just nothing. It was dead zone, or uh, was there no dead zones? Uh, I think there's there's fish all around all them trees at Bar at Barranjuk. Um, the the best spot we found was a steeper rocky bank. Near um, trees. So it was sort of actually where it was was where the junction is where the uh, yas meets the. Uh, the bidgey and we chucked the left at that corner and went up and there's a rock wall along the edge on the left or the right the left yeah nice yeah. rock wall eh? yeah it is yeah and then um sort of out from that there was the tree started and then they went right around on that left side yeah and there was sort of there was a row like in seven meters and then on the edge of the channel there was like a row in 13 14 and it was just the perfect depth and yeah, we seem to get them there. Yeah, and a lot of those fish at this time of year would also be like sitting around the thermocline. Mm. So that would be that middle of the water yes, that you're getting them in, in right. 25 because metres. Most of the time it was like dead smack in the middle. Yeah, the so. bit of thermocline they're sitting yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, did you have any issues with getting them back down, like with them not swimming back down at all? Um, oh, well, we weren't really taking any photos really because we were just sort of getting and them in. And they went back straight Yeah, they were going back good. Yep. Yeah. They, were, um, they went all, they weren't massive either. So then, you know, them bigger ones, the ones you got to really worry about. But The little schoolies um, were fine. Yeah, they were. Yep. Yeah. That was good, that was good fun. It's good, it's mm. a good technique. So if you basically are getting into lure fishing, you're just getting started in fishing. Yes. Summertime, this is the go. It, it's, yeah, summer's good because a lot of time, you know, you're casting for cod and casting for yellows is a bit slow. This is if you want to go and go out with your mates and just catch a few fish. It's, it's something you should try for sure. Yeah, kids, mm -hmm. whatever. Kid, yeah, and, and you can use bait just as effective. Um, yeah, so how would you bait fish? Uh, so um, what my dad does is uh, two shrimp on like a running... Um, Padnoster? Yeah, Padnoster rig, yep. And then just the same technique, but just a bit slower. Drop to the bottom, a few hops, wind up two metres, a few hops, wind up another two metres, a few hops. And just all the way up the tree, and they get smacked. Yep. So yeah, definitely. So it's not as quick of a technique, but it's just as effective because the fish are hanging it in the middle. You yeah, put it in front of their face and jiggle it, and yeah, bang. Yeah, nice. So with the run through the gulp, the, that was all you used, eh? The black just gulp black grubs. gulp. Yeah, I think black's a good colour. Um, it just stands out in the dirtier water, and yeah, we use quarter ounce jig heads most of the time. To get it down. Yeah, to get it down. Because really, if you think about it, uh, actually, sorry, I did get one fish on the drop, which is another thing I suppose you should put into um, into it. 
that you, you can get fish that hit on the drop. It, ha yeah. it happened to me once, and I think I actually got busted off once it happened. Um, so I suppose, yeah, try and keep an eye on your line, but I wouldn't be too fast because it doesn't happen all the time. But um, So you were, it was sinking and it stopped way sooner than it should? Yeah, it sort of the stop. I was like, oh, that's weird. Flicked him over and, yeah, bang on. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think the quicker you get down, the better because, really, yeah, that's the quick, you're quicker the you fish in the tree. And then you're just, like, slow rolling it up the tree. So it's just basically the grub's going up and it's just a tattle tail. Yeah, uh, I just want to mix it up a bit, which I do in all my fishing. I don't use the same retrieve ever, really. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, a few pauses always helps. Pauses in any style of lure fishing will help. So, yeah, sort of maybe a quick wine, then a pause, and then, and then another time I'll just slow roll it up. So and even if you've got three drops on a tree, just mix up every time. Yeah. Just do a different one every time because... Yeah, you got, that's, that's, yeah. It doesn't hurt. No, that's it. And did you find they hit you on the roll more than the pause or just mainly when oh, you roll? Because you've got to cover yeah. all that water. Yeah. So you're rolling and then uh, they just jam it. They, they do, just, yeah. A lot of the time it was, it was on, on the constant roll. so good. Uh, they chase it down and bang, nail it. And yeah. So it's not for everyone, but it's it's, mm. it's good. And the gulp, um, it's the smell in it as well as the mm. dark colour, eh? Too, yep. Yeah. They yep. can really smell it, especially yep. in dirty water. Yeah, that's right. So we'll use it in, like in blaring and stuff, I'll use... Uh, six or eight pound liters for yellows, but we'll be using 10, 12 pound. Yeah. And I think you could go heavier as well. We probably wouldn't have got busted off if we used 15, 20. Yeah. And I don't think it would hurt because no. it's a bit dirtier. So yeah, no, it's, it's probably, yeah, 15 would probably be ideal actually yeah. for it. And they're all, and you got some bigger ones, but what were they like, 45 centimeter average? Yeah. Or like yeah. up towards 50? Between 40 and 45 was right, so average. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. We got one that was 55, it was a good fish. Uh, but yeah couple that were pushing 50 maybe yeah that's that's about it really so. well that's a good technique eh? no, it's good yeah it works really well and and that that pretty well gives you a good understanding of how to go out and give it, it a crack yeah that's right yeah so if anyone that's listening um now like really if you got a, you got a lake near you that has trees go out get yourself it's simple you just go to the shop get two packs of black rubs two packs of jig heads go out for the day it doesn't have to be in the morning just go out 10 o'clock in the morning come back at three and probably get you know few yellows yeah, and, yeah. They, and they hit hard they fight hard and good catching them on lures so it's yeah, perfect better and no, easier really. that's right yeah and the one critical thing that we we want to stress about it is how important summer is like summer for this yeah. is key yeah, yeah you go and do this in like september october <laughs> yeah. november yeah. you're not going to yeah. get the results no, that's right well it's that's pretty much yellows in general isn't it they're mm. just not active in winter no so. so coming in spring they do their they're there it's kind of when we actively target them on the edges and you're looking for those big fish and it can mm. be really good fun except for windermere windermere is a different deal yeah. yes fish as well then yes but you you're talking eeld and i went to eeld in start november mm -hmm. couldn't get them rolling the trees yep. and then come mid-december now people are just smashing mm -hmm. them the one bloke caught like ridiculous amounts so yeah really yeah like rolling the trees 40 or 50 in a day oh really rolling yep. the trees yeah, that's good, in that's... this like a week ago yep no, that's it's it. just it's a water temperature <clears throat> thing natives are so keen mm -hmm. into water temperature they are. like yep. crazy yep. yep you'll catch them autumn and spring but summer is the time yeah they just like being uh, especially them deeper trees that's probably well, we found them on deeper trees because they were, you know, they like that. That yeah. pool of water. Yeah, they, they, can, get, they can sit at whatever depth they want, you know. They can go up and down the tree as the day goes. So. Yeah, and they can judge their temperature. That's right, yeah. So to them, it's like optimum. Yep. Whereas in winter, it's freezing down the bottom. Mm-hmm. And it's freezing up the top, mm -hmm. but the top's a bit cool, yeah. so I'll go sit up yeah, there, that's but it. there's sunlight and there's, yeah, I'm, right. I'm open right. to predators, yep. so they're not like keyed into feeding. Yep. And that, another thing I forgot to mention was uh, we caught a few reddies, uh, more in the main basin, don't know why. Uh, they were sort of 
they were real active actually. We caught, probably caught about four, um, a, lot, a lot of small ones. Um, but that's just another thing to mention that uh, the bait gets around them trees. Yeah. And um, we actually found that a couple of the trees we've seen, reddies, they were actually busting up on the surface. Yeah. Like um, making a commotion. I actually caught one that I seen, it was busting up. They're only small, like all of them were small, but just like sort of that, just that size, just big enough to take a, a plastic. Yeah. And yeah, seen them busting up and threw it and yeah, caught the. Uh, caught one ready doing that but yeah um, another thing to mention that the readies that you can um, get around the trees too yeah yeah mm. and they're active and good fun to catch yeah too. that's right i haven't seen ready for ages because they're obviously struggling and blaring but um in barren they just seem to be going all right it's yeah. not very big but that's sort of been the case up there yeah for a while they're not very big but you still catch them yeah good fun if you were lucky using a little blade or something you probably you know have a real, you good, catch a lot real more. good session yeah yeah because the vibration off a blade that the redfin is really keyed into yep. they love it for sure well that's the standing trees for yellows let's yes. talk about standing trees for cod it's not really as popular as common no but it's, it's not something you'd sort of mention it's not a specific technique like the yellows yeah it's, it's not you know rolling for cod it's you know no it's, but cod do love they do yes any kind of mm -hmm. structure and mm -hmm. one type is standing trees so we're going to talk about two different situations first situation is um the same as the yellows big impoundments yep. standing trees in certain areas mm -hmm. and then after that we'll get on and we'll touch about the standing trees in shallow flooded lakes Mawala yes. and Gamby. yes so tell me a little bit about standing timber what techniques do we use and where do we look to target standing timber for cod in the impoundments. So yeah, they can make a home to a standing timber just as much as they would a lay down. Yeah. Um, and we've seen it before, we've caught them off standing timber. Uh, we've even had a couple of sessions where we've got them on surface off standing timber. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, they just, they, they like it. If it doesn't have to be, you know, sometimes it'll be an isolated tree and a big cod will make that home. Yeah. But even if you just got a big cluster of a big flat bank with just timber all along it, um, there's going to be laydowns as well amongst it, but just yeah. the standing timber and just the the idea of a lot of timber being there, and and you can sort of work, you know, I'll cast this way and I roll past this this timber, cast it that way, roll past this tree, and it's sort of yeah they can it's not going to be there's not going to be a cod on every tree like no. there is the yellows, but they will be you know one out of a hundred trees there might be a cod there yeah and, yeah um, it's, or even it's, less probably. Yeah, pr yeah. yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, and and the thing is, like, if you find a fallen log, like a laydown, mm. the chances are there'll be a cod on it. Yes, in the right depth. Yep. Standing trees, not so much. No. But usually, when you find big clusters of standing trees in, like, I say, a point in a dam, yeah. there's going to be fallen stuff. There is. And they're going to sit on the standing trees. So all you do is hold out off the standing trees, pitch yep. cast straight through them, let yep. them sink, and then get them to the bottom, yep. and then roll them back through. Mm -hmm. And even if it does come up off the bottom a little bit as it gets deeper, it mm -hmm. doesn't matter because they feel confident around that. They do. And there's also a heap of bait fish around that, mm -hmm. heaps of food for them to mm -hmm. feed on yep. in and around, you know, those standing trees. Mm -hmm. And exactly. the only thing you've got to remember with the standing trees when you're fishing them, if you do go out and give it a crack with cod, is with your boat position. You can't overtake or you can't move too quick with the boat because you end up cutting true. yourself off you all do. the time. Yep, if you, yeah. And you've got to, if you're the driver, you've got to realise where someone else has cast. Yes, that's true. Because if you're just fishing standing trees, yeah. all your purpose is you want to get it right back to the boat. Yeah, that's right. And a lure I would I really highly recommend for doing that. Well, actually, you could use a lot of lures, but mumblers mm. are unreal mumblers. for that. Yep, spinner baits. Spinner baits and even swim baits because you're not actually bouncing over the logs no, as much. No, you are no. hitting the, the twigs and bits coming out. Yep. The swim baits through them, say, in winter, yeah. fishing the top of the water column. Yep. Because they, they're going to be there, that's for sure. Feeding. Mm. So, yep, definitely. So that's that's that. It makes it a bit hard to 
uh, fish it at night, I think. We've mm. tried to do it before, it's not easy to fish it at night. But that's an, also that's another thing. Um, uh, because you can get a good daytime bite on the trees because, like I said before, the, the cod can make the trees home. They might might be a big flat, which they, they go searching in the mornings and night, but they come back to this certain tree in the day. So if you can get, you know, pick that right tree and there could be a cod that's uh, made it home. Yeah, well, we caught a couple. I caught, um, I was with Grant at Boringer a couple of years back and he got a good one middle of the day doing that. On, on a standing tree? Yeah, but a big okay. big point with standing trees yeah, everywhere right. yeah, and yeah. just casting in. So, so we were sitting way off the bank because obviously the trees dictate how far off the bank you are. Yeah. And we were casting and we were sitting in like, I don't know, 15 metres. But right. we're casting in and the lure's probably landed in like six or seven because yeah. we can't get to the bank so far away. Yeah, yeah. Let it sink to the bottom and then boom, just roll the mumbler straight back up yep. and yep. out. And it works It works well. It does, yeah. Because that's where they sit. And points are the go. I'd recommend mm. the points because that's where you get flow. Flow mm-hmm. is key, but then also in the back of these little bays and mm. creeks is good as well. It just depends on the situation, but there'll be cod in all those spots. Yep, no, that's right, definitely. The, um, one thing to mention, if you're fishing in the actual main part of the lake, the depth, you want to probably be that deeper than six metres, especially in daylight, because they're going to be probably coming out of that at, you know, nine, yeah. ten metres. Yep. yep. But there's another, so that's for that situation. Mm-hmm. The other technique for standing trees is fishing the back of creeks, creek runoffs, the riverbeds when lakes mm-hmm. get low, mm-hmm. and that's what we've done a bit of, eh? Yeah, we have, yeah. And that's when we're fishing with top water in mm-hmm. shallow. Yes, that, yeah, that's creek. right. Because they can, yeah, on the, they're on their, up in their, up in the creeks, on, on the flats, and uh, yeah, we've seen that, yeah, it sort of surprised us when it happened, but we, yeah, we found a bit of a creek that had a lot of cod that were holding just on sanding timber, and and obviously we have a surface lure, it's easy to get you cast out and you want it straight back as close as you can to the timber. And uh, we had a couple of times where we had, you know, hits, you know, yeah. And it was, yeah, really good. Right on the sanding timber, so they obviously were sitting on them, like waiting. And what do you reckon the depth was where we were, between like two and four metres? Yeah, well, some spots yeah, were shallow. Some, some were, some were sort of in the, in the, main, in the main channel. Two, and then maybe some of the when we get closer to where the water backed up, it was probably more like four, yeah, yeah, four maybe in the yep. channel. Yep. But even when you get the the creek, because you normally have in any lake, you've when it's low enough to expose a riverbed or a creek bed, you've you've got like the outer part, and then mm. the further up you get, you're going to get all the different types. You're mm. going to get that two to four meters, and then you're going to get that yeah. one meter, and yeah, you yeah. get where it's run out of yeah, water. That's right. And it's that bit between where it stops flowing. And sort of that four meters, uh, yeah. but there's even an eild, and there's bits where you've got that, mm. but then you've also got the bit where it sort of flows over that riverbed, mm-hmm. and you might have like half a meter to a meter before the riverbed drops off, yep. and holding or sitting in the riverbed yep. and casting out onto the flats, yep. and Spot bringing on. it back past the standing trees works well. It I hope does. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it does. And then there's the technique where it's actually lower than. The, the banks, so it's actually in the riverbed, that's mm-hmm. when you basically get out and walk. Mm-hmm. We, that's one thing to note, eh? We, when it got like that and it was shallow and skinny, yeah, yeah. we don't use the boat. No, no, because yeah, it was a creek bed that um, fed, fed this dam and it was, yeah, we, you wouldn't even bring a boat up there, there was no point and it was good. And we felt, I felt stealthy as walking up the edge of the creek with no boat, no electric, and we were able to make the right cast and cast to the other side of this creek, so. Because yeah, it was pretty it was, wide, it was a full cast. Yeah, it was a full you, cast. If but you it was, tried, it was just, you could just get to the other yeah, side. Yeah, it was a bit of a lucky spot because it was just the perfect, the lake was at the perfect height and it's sort of, yeah, if you can find, in some lakes there's heaps of creeks that could show, but yeah, you know, sometimes you've got to get at the right height, like you said, where the creek's just at that perfect 
around structure. Yeah. That was our issue. Yes. When it dropped a bit more, it did. The, yeah, at that two to four mm-hmm. metres, mm-hmm. there was no timber. No, that's right. There's no standing trees. Yep. So they weren't sort of, maybe not there in the day. They might have been pushing up there late at night, but not actually feeding no. on anything. Particular. No, that's right. Yeah. And we had better. That just goes to show how good standing trees are because the fish weren't there when there was no standing trees. And then once they were, once they showed, the fish were there. Sitting so, on them. Yeah. And so they, I reckon they're sitting down towards the bottom of the tree or maybe where there's a branch coming out or just they were just hanging tight, mm. hey. Mm, they were. And because it was that two to three metres-ish, we were getting surface hits. Yeah. But even if you find yourself in deeper water, you just cast in, you know, spinnerbaits, yep. swim baits. Yep. I'd go with spinnerbaits or hard bodies in those shallower spots. Yeah, definitely. Uh, spinnerbaits are good too because... You know, we can get, you can get them big ones with the big big Colorados, and if you can flick it in there and um, watch it on the paws, you can actually lock, lock sink your lure straight down the tree. And um, if you want, yeah, if especially if it's an isolated one, there's one over there, bang, just watch it on the paw, on the drop. And then bang. Um, yeah, I'm sure it could happen. Yeah. If you pick the right tree. Yeah, and that's when you're fishing probably less than seven metres, or in the creeks. In, yeah. In those yeah. creeks where it's running low. Yeah, it's, it's hard to... Pick a tree in ten meters and you know no. drop it down. Yeah. It's just it, that's it's that's more of his clusters. But if you've got an isolated one in five, yeah, perfect. So so for example, somewhere like Eildon would be perfect for this. Uh, in say a spot like the Goulburn River Arm, the Big River Arm, Jerusalem Creek. It's got exactly like this. You've got the creek running in. You've got the timber up the back of the yep. creek, yep. and you just got to mix it up. You got to and, and we were doing it in summer with top water. Well, like great time mm-hmm. and you obviously get them in winter the giant mm-hmm. cod in winter doing mm-hmm. it you're just gonna have to put in more effort mm-hmm. but we were getting those 80 90 centimeter fish yep. uh, mm-hmm. at that time of year yeah in summer right. yeah that's right yep so just get like the yellows they hold on the trees um even when it's warmer mm. they can pick what depth they want to sit at and well just... you even saw one one day sitting on the tree in the day yep I, I did what happened at, there uh, that was yeah we were fishing the yellows we were um, it was a real clear, like, glassy day, but we just went to a tree with the electric, just fishing for yellows, and then uh, we started fishing it, and then, yeah, like, a, it was big. You one, looked one, down? One, yeah, 115. Cod just went past. I don't know if he was... It was in pretty shallow water. I was in, like, seven metres, so it didn't look like... It actually didn't look like he was sitting on the tree, but it was more that he just cruised past. But yeah, he, there was trees around us, so he was, you know, obviously in that area. Imagine, imagine, imagine what they do in the dark, eh? Yeah, like that's right. I'd yeah. be, I would be amazed. Sometimes mm. you would probably have big cod swim past your yep. boat, and you wouldn't even yep. know. No, hundred percent agree. So, because yep. we yeah, we fish right. pure dark, like we don't shine anything on the water well, that's at it. all. Yeah, and you could have big fish cruising. And we yep. always talk about fishing on the bottom, on the bottom, on the bottom. I mm. feel like there's a there's a time and a place for fishing that mid water, mm. yep. top water, yep. even in deep right. water. Yep. Especially around standing trees. Because there's, you know, the standing trees, you can, it could be sitting one metre or on the bottom of the standing tree. It's just where, or where the limb is or it's just, if there's a point or a bay, just if there's standing timber, it just makes it look so much better because you just know there's going to be bait, you know there's going to be activity. Yeah, it's just a good, good target location. One thing I do want to mention about standing trees is they can steal your lures pretty well. Yeah, that's so a, good, a good point actually. A tip for you. Where blaring was a killer for it or any lake that's got twiggy trees yeah. that are thin yes. because it's even easier for your line to wrap. So what happens is, is you snag, right? Boom, you snag. Yeah. If you've got a log laying down on the bottom, say you've got a, a lay down, right? Yeah. And you snag straight over the top of yeah. it. 
if you drift to the left, drift to the right, whatever, go around in circles, you go yeah. over to the log, you'll still have direct line with your tackle back mm-hmm. or your de-snag mm-hmm. hole and you'll get it to every time bump it off. Much. You snag on a standing tree, especially one that's fully submerged yes. that you don't, you can't yeah. see because you can see all these big standing trees around you. Mm-hmm. There's ones that aren't showing, that's right? right? Yeah. You snag on it. A tip for you is to stop doing everything you're doing and go straight to it. Keep the line as tight mm-hmm. as you can mm-hmm. and whoever's driving the boat, just straight at the yep. tree. Don't go you know, straight but do a circle and go around off-center a little bit or go left or mm-hmm. don't mm-hmm. Yeah, don't muck around because if you even just go slightly one meter to the left or the right, by the time you get over there, you can wrap the line around the tree and then when that's you drop right. your tackle back down it's not even yeah. on the lure no. it's just bouncing off where it's wrapped yeah. and that's a that's a that's a recipe that's where you lose them yep yeah most time you'll get them but if you got a wrap you just you yeah. can feel it you, it makes a squeaky sound you're like oh no this isn't good i got a wrap and uh, that happened to us a lot in blaring because we were fishing areas that didn't have standing trees that were visible, but they're here and there. Mm-hmm. And you'd hook one, yeah. and you're like, oh, damn, go over and get it. And you get it over to it, and you just can't. Like, yeah. the gear we have between tackle back and a de-snagger pole, you basically have everything you need to get your lure back. Yeah. Like, in a river, I don't think I'll lose a lure once, unless nah. something ridiculous happens. Yes, yeah. very rare. And yeah. same blaring, same thing. If you, if you just snagged on timber on the bottom, yeah. you rarely ever lose a lure. Rare. You snag on a standing tree, yep. that's where your lure yep. loss goes up. Spot on. Majorly. Yep. So that's just something to remember. It's probably the only spot you ever should lose lures because they're the, yeah, so they wrap around. Yeah. Painful. So mm-hmm. that's just a tip for you is if you're, if you're doing you're going to try this, just realise you could be up for losing lures, but yeah. just remember that tip. You won't lose them if you go straight over to it. Yeah. So that's everyone else in the boat wind in, yep. straight over to it, get it off straight away. Mm-hmm. And don't overdo your, your run, like cruise in slow. Because if you overdo it and then you turn the boat around and come back, then it's just yep. wrapped. Yep. Stay right. on this side of the tree yep. and just push your pole yep. or your tackle back down and yep. yeah, try and get it off. Yep, that's what I'm... Yep. Sometimes even your lure could... It, like if you had a skinny tree, it could, your lure could hit the tree and then wrap back around and actually hook back on the line, <laughs> which if that's, I'm sure that's happened to us before. And you, yeah, that's, that's what you lose. It would, yep, that's right. That's just, they're, they're a nightmare. But I've got a crazy you, story. Yeah. I want to tell... No, oh, what were yeah, you going to yeah. say? Say what you're going to say. I don't know. Yeah. Go. <laughs> so there's a crazy story, right? This was from... It, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah, we yeah. were fishing Burren Jack about three, four years back. This is when I got that metre 23, metre 18, right? The trip after that, we trolled a lot. I was with yeah, Jack. We yeah, used yeah. to troll all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to get some nice cod. Like, yep. We got some big ones on those first yep. few trips and then the size sort of slowed down a bit. Yep. But we trolled and we had a 120mm AC invader, black with red head, colour 24, and Jack snapped it off on a standing tree, right? Yeah. We trolled and got snapped. Like, couldn't get it back. Like, yeah. it wrapped up, whatever, on a standing tree down deep, snapped it off on a steep rocky bank, but there was trees here and there. Yeah. And that's the other thing. With with trolling, I recommend trying to avoid the standing trees because they're, they're hard to troll between. Yeah, tr- very, very hard. Yeah. If you can get a good run, great. Mm. Yellows, it's great. Mm-hmm. But big cod lures down deep, it's hard. Especially in the dark, yeah. We snapped off, right? Yeah. We came back two weeks later fishing the same run, yeah. snagged up in the same spot. And mm-hmm. I said to Jack, you snagged up here two weeks ago, the exact same spot, right? And I'm like, this, this spot is going to take another lure. Mm. Tackle back, whatever, whatever. Tackle back's down there, right? Yeah. And then, boom, and then it pulled something off and he'd snapped off. Right, yeah. So he'd snapped off yeah, yeah. and I thought I'd busted it with the tackle back and I'm like, oh, I hope I've caught it. Pulled it up, 
his lure was gone, yep. but we caught the red and black one. It's hidden. No joke. <laughs> yeah, it's a right. dumb story, yeah, yeah. but I had to share it because... <laughs> that's that's he, pretty mad. He, yeah. he, he, he snagged this lure and then somehow sacrificed his other lure to get this lure back. And we really wanted that lure because it caught some big fish. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, crazy story. Yeah, but yeah, this, anyway, they do steal your lures. That won't happen every day, that's for nah, sure. Nah. So anyway, they do... Yeah, so just be careful with snagging. That's it. Yep, sure. Now, um, that's basically that's basically all for that standing trees, eh? Now exactly. it's just yeah. the other type of standing timber, which is probably the last one, is your real heavy big ones in your shallow lakes. Mm-hmm. Different again, eh? Yeah, different in some ways, similar in others. Yeah, yeah. similar in the casting to how you work them and yes. letting them sink. Yes, parts different because they yeah, there's a lot a lot more of them, and yeah, the bigger ones can be sort of yeah, they're, they're stumps more than yeah, the trees like that. Yeah, it's it's not like you know you got your big tree heaps of limbs. It's just yeah, it's like a stump. base. Yes. Yeah. So we were at Mawala not that long ago, and there's heaps of them, and I'm actually mm-hmm. surprised at how well they fish. Like even though there's as many as the eye can see everywhere, mm-hmm. every one was still worth fishing mm-hmm. and it had good fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the techniques, there's two techniques or three. Well, there's a few. First one is spinnerbaits. Yep. Cast the spinnerbait directly to the log yep. or just beside it. Yep. Let it sink yep. and bang the hit it on the drop. Yep. Or cast the spinnerbait past the log a little bit and allow it to sink and then roll it past. It takes mm. a little bit more effort that mm. technique. Mm. Plus, your line can also sometimes get like I like to cast mm. to it with a spinnerbait first and then past it. Yes. Okay. Yep. And then the third tech, well, the other technique is to use hard bodies or swim baits, cast past it, yep. crank the hard yep. bodies down, roll them past, roll or through. swim baits, roll yep. them past. Yeah, it's similar with like um, the other lakes, where there's standing trees, there's going to be fallen trees. So it's you know what my, my whale is like, um, when they, where them stumps, there's trees underneath that have fallen off the stumps. So um, it's just just yeah, it's it's hard hard to fish because it's not. You know, your isolated standing tree. It's you know, there's so many of them, but they fish so well, more than anything else in that DM. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the ones you want to fish are the ones that are close to slightly deeper water. Yep. On so, drop off. Yeah. yeah. Close to the edge where it drops off into the river, but yeah. also more subtle and probably better to fish is like the old lagoons, like mm. that are really, really like hundreds of years old. That probably yeah. used to be the riverbed. Yeah. That are now actually shallower, but still deeper than the flats around them. Yeah. The sure. trees around those yeah. little drops mm-hmm. actually fish really well. Mm-hmm. So the standing trees there, similar, similar. Mm-hmm. They're still going to hold fish. Yeah. Um, and you just basically want to cast to them or past them. And yep. the shaded side is key. The yes. shady yeah, side. Because they're bigger. So yeah. they actually cast a yeah, shadow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the ones in the lakes doesn't really matter because no, they're like a thin no. shadow. Yep, that's true. Yep, oh, I could matter deep down, but no, I probably wouldn't actually. Not nah. a huge amount. No, no, definitely not. But when you're fishing one or two metres, these stumps, yep. the shady side, yep. it fishes better. Yep, for sure. Yeah, I guess it is pretty similar. It's just in shallow water, really. You know, if you want to cast a bank in the lakes that has standing trim, but it's pretty similar to casting a bank that has stumps on it because you're just using the same technique, trying to get your lure as close as you can to the to the to the timber yeah and then the other thing is when, when you're fishing the deep lakes you're sort of fishing down a contour mm-hmm. whereas here it's basically flat yes so you've got to choose the right lures so you're yeah. using like a shallow diving hard body yeah or if it does dive too much lift your rod tip up and wind mm-hmm. and it keeps it up off the yep. bottom no, or you're, sm- you're using your smaller spinnerbaits but obviously if you're yeah. taking big fish you're using your bigger spinnerbaits but big blades yep. like big blades big mm-hmm. big thump mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's just a little bit of an insight into standing trees, which kind of get looked over a little bit, eh? Because we go, oh, rocky banks, big yeah. fallen logs. I, I, I agree, yeah. You're, it's always on, on the list, but it's never 
on the main list, but just go to show I had some good sessions on the yellows. Um, and every every lake, like we said, has them. So uh, yeah, they definitely looked over sometimes, but they, they hold some good fish, both yellows and, and cod. cod. Yeah. Mm, that's right. Yep, so sure. if you're keen to get out there this summer, give fishing a crack, but want to have an easier sort of a crack, mm -hmm. you even want to go out and like for just a, a day on the water and just want to take a couple of rods. That's right. Yeah. You know, you can either take bait or you can just get some grub, like some gulp yeah, grubs. They're like $10 a packet. And, and the it's simple. Is like, yeah, 10 as well, so it's like $20 and you can go out and have a great day. And a lot of you guys listening probably already know all this. Like this is a, it's yeah. not, it's not a, a, like a simple, it is a simple technique. And a lot of yeah. anglers who really know their stuff, who are, who are tuned into the episodes, it's not yeah. a real detailed episode on, on a real specific technique. Nah. But if you're new to fishing, if you're just yes. getting into this, yes. or you know, you've maybe just fished rivers all your life and want to learn how to fish a dam, mm -hmm transition from bait to lure mm -hmm. this is perfect for you perfect start absolutely option. perfect yeah for sure yeah especially if you've been fishing for a long time and you like your lure fishing it um it can get a little bit boring because it's a bit of a repetitive process and similar things happen but um i remember when i first started doing it when i was younger loved it yeah. so if if you haven't fished if you haven't done this technique before i'd be going out the next couple of weeks and trying it because it the crack. first couple of trips when you do it are fun yeah because yeah. they hit hard and um, it's just so, it's so easy. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah, it's not as active, um, so it's not for some people. Yes, but it still gets the results. It you're does. Not, you're yeah, not probably using lures. Yes, and it's good fun. Yes, you're awesome. Right. Alrighty, well we'll have plenty more episodes to come. Twenty twenty, I'm super keen. Yep. We're going to catch oh, some my. big fish. Hopefully, yeah, I'll say we will do yep. a lot of trips. We have got a trip coming up soon. We do. Yeah, big it's trip. Yeah, it's going to be a good drift yeah, with a few mates. We we'll might be. even. Fingers crossed, we might even just do a, a podcast on the second night. That'd be great. With all yeah, the boys. That would be good. And we'll sit down and have a chat and we'll tell you what we learn on the trip. Yep. Bit of fun. That would, that'd be perfect. Tell me you could trip that one. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, very awesome. Good. Thanks, Tal. Right, appreciate Matt, it, mate. Thanks, mate. Thank you. And there we have it, guys. What another great episode. We went right in depth on standing trees. And if you haven't done this style of fishing before, make sure you get out and give it a crack. It's so much fun just, you know, being able to find these schools of fish. And like Taylor said, you can take your mates out, you can take your wife or your husband out, and you can just, or your kids, and you can these roll these soft plastic grubs up the standing trees. And they fight hard, they're good fun, and they're, they're not easy to catch, but it's an easy style of fishing. As I mentioned at one point in the episode, when you cast to a bank, you have to understand a lot about how to retrieve a lure, how the lure feels when it hits the bottom, how to understand the, the bottom of the water so you're fishing it properly without getting snagged, you retrieve, keeping tight line. There's a lot of things that go into it. If you're new to this style of fishing or if you're someone who doesn't fish much at all, so if you're trying to take a made out or, or fish with your kid this is a really good style because it's straightforward it's like trolling you can cast a lure out and troll make sure it's at the right depth and it will work well well this is the same you just drop it down and wind it back up so i highly recommend you get out and give it a crack before it gets too cold and they stop biting really well now is the time we have just had a cold snap and i do want to touch on that I've just recorded the ending of this uh, episode and Talis and I talked about the rain that was coming and it's actually just hit us and I'm really excited to report that up here in the hills where we are, we received over 60 millimeters of rain, which is so good. The ground is finally wet. I don't know how long it's been since we've actually seen rain. Um, so this is what we need, one for the fires, but two for our streams, our waterways that are just totally empty. So let's pray for more rain over the coming 
coming months. So anyway, that is the end of this episode, guys. If you like the episode, make sure you jump on your podcast app, like, review, let us know, send through listener questions, send through emails to us and let us know what you enjoy about the podcast. The more of you guys that shout out to us, the better because we love hearing that we are making a difference. So, If you haven't listened to any other episodes before, if this is your first time here, we have another 23 episodes, go back and have a look at them. One I recommend is the very first one. I sat down with Jack, a really good mate of mine, and I just talk about how fishing started for us. And when I was a kid, I loved hearing stories of other people tell their stories. And that's why when we interview industry experts and people in the industry, I love to get their background of how it all started for them because, you know, just through stories, we can learn a lot. So, if you're keen, make sure you go check out all the other podcast episodes, especially that first one. It's one of my favorite. But anyway, guys, we have some really cool episodes coming up. I highly recommend you get ready for the next episode coming out. Episode 25 is going to be an absolute cracker. I interview a very well-known fishing identity, a great angler, really knows his stuff stuff and he is an expert at catching big cod and also trout so this interview is super exciting and i can't wait to share it with you but that is in the next episode guys so make sure you tune in anyway guys thank you for joining me for this episode number 24 it's been a great ride so far and i will be talking to you in the near future so thanks guys and get out there and good luck with your fishing 